0: This is Shift Run Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. Episode twenty-seven. Yes. And this is the games special. It is. You might think that every episode of Shift Stops is a game special.
1: It's extra <laughs> gamey it's, this week.
0: It's, yeah, we have been criticised for not being gamesy enough by games enthusiasts.
1: Today we're going to be spending some time with two game gurus. Yes. Game gods, I if don't, you like. I don't
0: think we should give it away. I think no. we should keep it as a gaming surprise. Oh,
1: but if we don't give it away, I don't think I introduced them properly. In oh, okay. So right. we might have to say so who they are you at some do point. do a little intro to
0: that. And you met these guys at game camp a couple I did. of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, Game Camp was great, um, mm. and I've just about recovered from my caffeine overdose.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I listen to you on pods and blogs, Radio 5. Radio 5. Uh, very professional sounding, I have yeah. to say. Um, what is it, a podcast about podcasts? Well,
1: it's a radio programme, uh-huh. uh, which is on 5 Live at early o'clock in the morning, mm. like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. Mainly, I think, so that it can be a podcast, because uh, mm. BBC are only allowed to make things available as podcasts if they've been on the radio
0: yeah
1: you can't just make a podcast right. something <laughs> <It'd be> lunacy <laughs> so
0: they found a loophole
1: they found a slot yeah a, qu- a quiet <laughs> slot um, and yeah Jamila was lovely
0: yeah
1: uh she uses the same recorder as we do
0: oh that's
1: good yeah so uh, we're up there with yeah. the uh with the professionals
0: yeah but what is game camp rude
1: it was a um i guess the the term is unconference Okay. It was an unconference, yes. which is one of those ones where you just turn up and uh, hope for the best kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, rather than booking speakers or anything as, as boring as that, mm. you make it democratic and you just say everyone uh, who is there is expected to be interesting. Yeah, some people run sessions, some people just you know soak it in. As ever with these things, the most interesting stuff was actually not in the sessions, it was in the bits in between. Yeah. So I spent quite a lot of the day just hanging out with people, uh, and that was lovely.
0: I saw some pictures on Flickr. Hmm. Well, first of all, I saw some pictures on Flickr of lots of people sitting on the floor, which looks was quite interesting, yeah. and also... Democratic, uh, you see. ...possibly playing some sort of game or, <laughs> I don't know, uh, camping in some way. And, and the other thing that uh, that I saw pictures of on Flickr was lots of people from Chiffron Stop, who we've had on the show, yeah. which, was, which was nice. It, it was very good, and yeah. Me and,
1: James Wallace was there. James Wallace of course. In fact James Wallace was one of the organizers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, very heavy with uh with Shiftrun Good. Or whatever we call our guests. The two people that I met right at the beginning of the day mm. were Ian Livingston and Steve Jackson. Wow. Games heroes.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Really. Well done. That did was you, how did you did you just kind of go up and go no, um, I'm a fan. <laughs> no,
1: I was a too shy, right? And B much too shy. So uh, James Wallace very kindly introduced us oh. and said, "This is Rue, He does a podcast. You might want to talk to him." And uh, I I uh, whisked them away for ten minutes. We had a little um, little moment in the kitchen. It was lovely. Brilliant. And it turned out that Steve Jackson is in a band. All right. So we we started talking about his his um well that we'll just hear it maybe. This is it
2: now. <laughs> Uh, The band is called, now that's an interesting question, Uh, it has been called Not On My Estate, but then we we did a gig like that and then we didn't like that anymore, Um, and now it is going to be called The Twin Lizzies. it's going to be um, Soul Shoe Shuffle featuring The Twin Lizzies because we've got two girl singers that do soul, and they're both called Liz. Nice, and what, what do you play? I play guitar I bet not everyone knows that about Steve Jackson Um, Probably they don't want to
1: (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant, so uh, I'm here at Game Camp uh, and I've got two um, godfathers of British games and gameplay and games industry with me Uh, I'm delighted to say hi to Ian Livingston and Steve Jackson Hello chaps Hello Hello. That was uh, Ian and Steve in that order (laughs) So you together founded uh, Games Workshop, when when was that?
3: It was uh, 1975, some time ago
1: Wow, that was before I was born.
2: I I feel <laughs> very strange about saying that.
1: saying that to us these days. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. So tell us about how that happened and how, how Games Workshop came we,
2: about. We shared a flat in Shepherd's Bush and we had jobs and going out to the office and being commuters and, and it was really tedious. You know, living in London when you've got no money and you're living on top of each other in a flat. So we thought we'd break out of it by starting up our own little company our own enterprise but we didn't know what to do what interest did we have well we all like playing games there were three of us at the time
1: what kind of games did you play Steve? Uh,
2: we played things like um warlord was a favor a favorite um we we played avalon hill games war games and strategy games Mm. that generally weren't available over here diplomacy diplomacy was another great favorite Mm. yeah um, we used to have these long gaming sessions right. and um, so we thought we'd start a, a games company and what were we going to do? We didn't quite know but we'd write a newsletter, right? we'd do, we'd do a, it was called Fanzine, that was a fanzine called Owl and Weasel which reported on the kind of games that we liked um, and we decided we'd um, get hold of a few of these obscure games and offer them for sale through the, through the newsletter and that's how it all started really.
3: Wow.
1: And, and then, Ian, what, what happened next?
3: Well, we started off selling traditional games and a few obscure games, but our I suppose our great breakthrough was discovering Dungeons & Dragons. It was being played uh, by a games group at City Games Club, run by a guy called Andrew Holt, and we got hold of a copy, and um, having sent our owl Weasel to everybody we knew in games, one of its copies found its way in... To the hands of Gary Gygax, who just invented D and D, and he sent us a copy. Wow. Um, we played it; we we're instantly hooked. Suddenly, we you know, rolling up characters and creating all. Dungeons and and um, we wrote back and ordered six copies on the back of that we ended up with a three year exclusive distribution agreement for Europe wow. <laughs> because he was also <laughs> so we were role playing being businessmen about a role playing game and, and Gary Gygax was too because it, they'd only just started TSR Hobbies right. and were publishing it themselves and only done a print run of a thousand
2: yeah, the thing about Dungeons and Dragons at the time is that from the original box set it was impossible to make any sense of it <laughs> this game was so different it was it wasn't you know it was arguable whether it was really a game, because there's no winner, there's no end to the game, no particular objective uh, apart from wandering around dungeons, beating up monsters and finding gold. Um, But... The combat system, which was a vital part of it, was on a completely separate rule book for medieval battles, mm. and you didn't get that with the original. So we got hold of the first time we got hold of a copy. We were um, trying to work our way through it and just gave up. We we couldn't work out how and that's when we went off to City University and happened to come across this small games group who had been in America and had been introduced to the game by somebody who played it, and that's how it was spread by word of mouth. You couldn't understand it unless somebody showed you how it worked. Mm-hmm very social activity it has to be something that your friends introduce you to and get you hooked on yeah
3: so we started selling it mail order and dedicated issue six of Alan weasel to dungeon dragons with a special green cover and steve wrote most of that issue and suddenly people were started talking about dnd and so we were, we were still in our flat and we'd be on the third floor and we looked down and people milling around on the street looking for this shop of course it wasn't a shop <laughs> So they'd be saying, come up here, mate, if you want to get the D&D. So people <laughs> coming up and down, up and down the stairs all day, annoying the landlord on the ground floor. We didn't have a phone. There was only a public pay phone on the ground oh, floor. Gosh. And the co- calls were always for us. And in the end, uh, he kind of got a bit irritated about that. So we kind of got turfed out, I suppose. And, uh, mm-hmm. So we went off to America to sign up all the fledgling companies that were coming about. And uh, so we signed up oh, all the new shit. role-playing companies. And... Uh, it was fantastic because there was no competition at those times so right. we were kind of, we were, we were forging the industry as we went along. Yeah. yeah, literally defining the industry. We had a lot of resistance selling it into other retailers, that's why we ended up opening our first retail shop in April the 1st, 1978. And in where, where was,
1: Okay, Hammersmith.
2: And there was a you know, pretty huge queue outside and well, there right. was something going on here but it was, yeah, those were Barbie days so, because we, we originally, when we went over to the States we, we had the exclusive distribution uh, deal and we'd gone on, over on a long holiday, hadn't we? And we went to New York, spent some time there, went to California, but finished the whole trip in, in Lake Geneva in Wisconsin, where there was a convention on, that specialised in Dungeons & Dragons. We were the only people from outside the States that were there. So, you know, all these companies that were going on to becoming major names in the role-playing industry, they were all there, and we signed them all up. Right? Yeah. It also held
3: that we'd, all, we'd dumped Alan Weasel at that point. We had mm-hmm. we, we created uh, White Dwarf Magazine in, in 1977, mm-hmm. and uh, Sunny certainly, certainly added sort of a lot of professionalism to, to our industry, and put a bit of credibility there rather than just being a, a cheap instant print, yeah. single colour Allen wheels, all of a sudden we had this glossy mag with quite a bit of colour in it. So that was quite a vehicle for promoting what we were doing.
0: Oh.
4: Oh, that's the last time I have a sleepover with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, and we've, like, we've organised this whole thing just so we can have breakfast together. Open a window. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, like, this, this week's snack roundup was inspired by. This is going back several months, and I apologise if now I've hallucinated the entire episode. I think someone tweeted us and said, Are you going to do anything about Honey, monst- honey Monster Honey Waffles? Yeah. <laughs> did they? And and I can't remember who it was, and then I subsequently googled for it. But then I was hanging out in a pound store, and I did find some Honey Monster Hot Honey bottles. Ooh, these are exciting looking. Um, and there, there, there's a bit of backstory. We're like, is everyone happy with uh, a little bit of a serving of these? Oh, yeah. yeah. Shall I be Honey Monster on this occasion?
1: <laughs> what sort of milk have you brought with you there, Dave?
4: That well, well uh, yeah, it's 1% milk. I don't know what you normally have. You. You're, you're a gold top, man. I'm mean. not a gold <laughs> top, but I do like a semi. Do you get a,
0: are you going to get a cow or something to go with your eggs? Yeah, and maybe, your, you know, maybe a some cows your own milk?
1: for the back garden. Well, I'm trying to place them. I'm trying to uh, think of what these are most similar to. I think Weetos, in flavour terms anyway. Yeah,
3: they're a lot
4: like they're um they're a multi grain cereal coated with sugar <laughs> and honey mm. and fortified with with vitamins and milk. they're not as I mean, weirdly, given given the honey monster's
1: predilection for honey <laughs> He does love honey <laughs> They're not
0: very tasty. They're quite I mean oh, they're, oh, they're okay, but they're a bit more about the texture than
1: the Yeah, and they're fairly sweet, but it's not an overtly honey sort of flavour, is it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm.
4: Um I mean yeah. Mm. and no, no wonder, you know. I think I think I got this uh, this box fifty uh, percent extra free for possibly just no more than a pound. And they have they've made some att- some attempts to diversify the um, the sugar puffs brand. This I don't think has been a huge success for them. And I, I hope this this answers your correspondence <laughs> inquiries. The one I occasionally glimpse. In like in a, in, a, in a shop that I'm wandering past while it's closed and, and, and haven't managed to buy so far. Like a child at a sweet mm-hmm. shop, with your face up
1: to the window. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, like apparently they, they also did. They also did uh, honey monster banana puffs instead what? of sugar puffs, oh, no. which are like sugar puffs that taste of bananas. I know the oh, mind honey. boggles. Oh, and they right. make your wee smell of bananas. <laughs> there <he> is hoping, but <laughs> that's. that's- <laughs> That's an advertising uh, avenue <laughs> <laughs> they, they, that, like, l- let's force their hope to explore.
0: What's the um, What's the most honey Ish. cereal that these are up against, though, aren't Because I remember having some cereals as a kid that were really, like, really actually tasted of honey, and all those weird popcorn things, didn't they taste of honey? Oh, what were
1: they called? No, um... Oh, they were very sweet, Isn't but what I, you I, mean, yeah. yeah, I do. Golden nuggets. Nuggets. I <laughs> golden nuggets. I think golden nuggets. I think mean, I think you may, maybe you're
4: referring to golden uh, Nabisco's golden nuggets, and, that, and they men. weren't they were they endorsed by a cartoon miner with an enormous beard. I, mean, I
0: don't remember that. <laughs> no, I don't. No, remember It seems that. like they should have been. Anyway, well that's. Uh, or well, are they Nestle? Because I think I get them in variety packs. Oh, you they still get them? I think you can, yeah. Oh, Layla! Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you're, you're teasing Nestle. us. The Nestle variety packs, because all the Nestle cereals are much sweeter and like naughtier than the mm. Kellogg's ones. It's always <laughs> things that you shouldn't really have.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you say you say that, Layla, but oh. it looks like uh, Kellogg's uh, are attempting to, to rectify that Ooh. that dilemma with uh, this is uh, this is Kellogg's latest launch. And as you see, it's 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 uh it's just it's just called chocolate hazelnut crave, and you may have seen the ads for this. I
0: like the packaging. Yeah, very striking say. packaging, yes. isn't it? And
4: that's, yeah, let's have a look at these then. So these are little packets I, of. I think they I think they des- they describe this form factor as pillows. <laughs> um, oh, if you can imagine sort of giant Wrigley's extras.
0: Crispy cereal shells with a chocolate hazelnut centre.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, they're quite
1: peculiar.
0: I really like the box, though. It's really, it's slightly narrower than your usual cereal box. It's <laughs> nice, kind of flat. You could file it in your, you know, bookcase mm-hmm. amongst your other folders. <laughs> no one would
4: know. Smooth chocolate hazelnut centre. And catalogs have claimed that this has an unusually powerful chocolatey centre. That was that was perhaps true when I, actually, when I initially bought them. <laughs> but um, keep, keeping them in my kitchen cupboard... <laughs> I mean, that... that they claim this is a, this is an experience like um like having Nutella squeezed directly into your face, but <laughs> it is a bit Nutella-like. Kellogg's have done what they call like um, indulgent uh, breakfast cereals uh, in the past, and often with you know just what is basically kind of muesli with bits of chocolate in it hmm. and stuff like that. This one, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if it takes off, but who knows?
1: Dan. A.K.A. Fabric of Folly Made these things Which are uh, video game legends Trump cards
0: Is this someone you know? Mm. Okay
1: Yeah, Dan Taylor Not top trumps Because that's somebody's copyright mm-hmm. So how many do I deal? What, the whole so you, lot? Until you get through the whole pack yeah. Okay, so
0: So you may uh, have to explain the rules of don't, the... don't you know
4: how to play A generic <laughs> trump style game? <laughs> it's
0: a, well, it's been a while. is it to do with um, Having more more not Higher numbers on your stats Than someone else?
4: Yeah I've got Big Daddy from Bioshock I'm Height
1: 7 foot I've got Sackboy Oh Tiny big planet. Uh, Height 5 inches
0: Height 5, five I've got Rayman Not Rainman Rayman
4: And he's 5 foot He's 5 foot or 5 inches
0: 5 he's, foot I
4: think right? Okay, big Daddy wins so that So I win that um, Gordon Freeman Gordon Freeman I'm going for
1: Age Okay What's Gordon Freeman's age? 12 Oh I can beat that I've got oh. Link Age 24 there we go.
0: Yeah, I'm only
1: 17. There we go. And, and who now...
0: Fox McCloud. Oh, from
1: Star Fox incredible. and other things. Is that right?
4: Or and Lilac Wars. But, well, you know, that's, so I win that There's right. no extra point for that. And I so now you go, put those on the back of your deck.
1: Yeah, and then I take him from the And then you continue from the front. dealing from the top. I've got Cloud Strife. From Final Fantasy. From Final Fantasy with the massive sword. Or Gunblade. The, the isn't buster it, sword, really? I don't know. Um, and I'm going to go with age 13 apparently. Oh, Layla!
0: I've got some sort of Pokemon or something. Kirby, or- Kirby oh.
1: from Kirby Pinball. Oh, um, anyway, and okay. Ghost
0: track. He's eighteen.
4: Oh, beats Lara Croft fourteen.
0: So do I win your cards? You win
4: those three, and yes. then oh. you go on the back.
0: Yeah. And then okay. you have
4: to pick him as the next right. one. Right.
0: Okay. Oh, well, man. I'm going to go for game appearances. Um, I've got Bomberman, and he's in at eighty-eight.
1: Well, maybe how many games he's been in? Oh,
0: well, could be.
1: He's been in eighty-eight games, maybe. Oh right. I I I thought I was on to something with Pikachu nineteen. <laughs> uh Kratos. Kratos? Kratos. Five.
0: These cards are nice. They're like they're the quite back. sort Put of. Yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're quite nicely designed. <laughs> they're nice, and, aren't they they've got they're a on nice little tight face. Mm, they're good. Right, So I win again. Um I'm gonna go with uh, height for this one. Um I've got Marcus Phoenix and he's six foot one.
1: Oh. You've just beaten Crash Bandicoot at six foot
4: and and Ratchet out Ratchet and Clank who I think is five foot tiny me again god you're on a winning roll here
0: special ability we can't really judge on can we because it's not a number ok uh, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with age for Master Chief who is age nine
1: Salmon Wax 17 Sonic the Hedgehog 19 oh, oh yes ok
0: root re- re- wins <laughs>
1: a lucky one for me I've got yes. Master yeah, Chief is seven up. foot tall defy you to beat that Big Daddy also seven foot oh point. a draw yeah.
0: Kirby's only eight
1: so, in the case of a draw, do we leave the cards there and go with the next oh, one? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. okay, so you, I'm gonna. You,
4: you call the next one.
1: Uh, I'm gonna say Sonic the Hedgehog, game appearances, 222. Oh, uh, Donkey Kong can't beat that at 36. Yeah.
0: 88
1: for Bomberman. Uh, how long do these games take? Well, I don't know. That, <laughs> I mean, that, that, was, that
4: was the other weird thing about, like, um, you know, well, it's no Texas Hold'em, um, bro. <laughs> <laughs> certainly not.
1: That's my favourite game. Guybrush Threatwood, 20, age 20. Uh, Agent Forty Seven is only ten,
0: and uh, Pikachu is only fourteen.
4: Hey. Last, and, last, and now I, I think we're stop. in a situation called Last Card Calls. Ooh. so you, oh,
0: get, it's to, my you go. get to
1: choose which category.
0: I'm going to go with height then, because Marcus Phoenix is six foot one. Bastard! <laughs>
1: You've got Mario. <laughs> He's little, uh, and I've confusingly got Sam and Max. Uh, one of them is six foot, and the other's three foot. Oh. So you could add them together, and I'd win. But since, uh, since. So, to be honest, you can prolong the, the agony game. indefinitely yeah. if you want to carry on like this. Well, that's that's a good game. Thank you, Dan.
0: Yeah, this was fun. Um, did he send you these as a free test thing? Yeah,
1: he's uh, kindly uh, donated a pack. I think they're lovely.
0: Well,
4: I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, d- did, he, did he give any hints as to how you're supposed to arbitrate the special ability? So, for Lemmings, for instance, <laughs> I'm very pleased to have dying as my <laughs> <a>
0: special ability. <laughs>
1: Still interested in uh, you know tabletop games and, and more kind of physical games, or is your time entirely now thinking about about video games? I think we enjoy all aspects of games, from board games to computer games to you
3: know games played on iApps, uh, even Facebook games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's great. But we have still have a great interest in in board games. I've got over a thousand board games at home. We also have this thing called the Games Nightclub where we've been running this thing for since 1986. Right. It's a kind of a spoof gentleman's club, but I'm in it of course, Steve's in it, and uh, Peter Molyneux is in it, and a couple of other people out of the industry, so there's a newsletter at the end of each session, we keep points for every game scored, and at the end of the year the winner gets a trophy, but in the,
2: in the newsletter everyone gets completely taken apart <laughs> for being terrible people. There's a trophy involved in this, you know, you play games all year. Right. And score points for them for how well you did, and at the end of the year, the pagoda cup was the game 's night trophy and to have your name etched on that <laughs> cup is worth more than any amount of you know poker money you might win, or anything like that <laughs> and,
1: and what kind of games are, are played?
2: We tend to favor um, what we call games of substance now games of substance are generally German games. <laughs> Uh, Because Germans make the best board games, they're very fun. settlers handy out, things like that. The pieces are always of a great quality, Mm. the boards are always nicely illustrated, good solid thing And and usually the way they're designed is that there's a kernel of a good game design idea, and the game is built around that, so we appreciate it from that point of view as well. Oh, so
1: I'm, I'm imagining a lot of uh, German board games. Is, is there anything else that kind of catches your eye and, and, and gets played during these these sessions?
3: Well, we'll play usually try and play one serious game, where it's games like currently playing Kalus, or what else do we like? Well, we've uh, got that Railways of the World,
1: which we're looking yeah,
3: forward to Puerto Rico as well. But we always end up with some light stuff, right? Silly games like Cheeky
2: Monkey, and, and maybe a game of Texas of Poker as the night no, draws to a close. Our oh God, in these kind of games is Rainer Knizia, who is a German um, a doctor of mathematics who lives in Windsor, who's designed, ooh, two or three hundred games with the card games, board games, that sort of thing. And his, he, he, as a designer, he is just fantastic because he's all comes up with original ideas that have got an interesting twist on them. Mm. Um, and if you go into a, a game shop and you see Rainer Knizia as the author of the game, um, it's always worth buying. Oh, brilliant!
1: A oh, good recommendation. Well, Ian, Steve, thank you very much for your time. It's been it's been a real pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank have you. a good day.
3: Okay. Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had some. Mostly because I like the name.
4: These are Nestle's Curiously Cinnamon, and I, I don't know if you're a fan of the brand, but the idea of
0: curiosity. Th- is this
4: a brand that we're supposed to have seen before then, Curiously Cinnamon? Well, previously they were known as um, <laughs> as Cinnamon Graham's. Ah. But that never really took took off over here because people didn't know what Graham Crackers were, which is what they're based on. These
1: are very peculiar. (laughs) (laughs) Are you you finding them curious in there? (laughs) (laughs) Bloody hell, that's got cinnamon in it. Oh, oh! It's like there's been an accident in my kitchen cupboard. Cinnamon's come (laughs) out. Wow, that's that's, that's, that's,
4: that's, that's that's, horrendous. Oh no! I don't. I don't know if you're a fan of the, of, um, of Frank Herbert's Dune universe, but I, I always like to think that the uh, the mystical spice that they consume tastes of cinnamon. <laughs> and that this is indeed strong enough kind of with it, yeah. to give you the ability to, to, to give you a mild, the, the mild prescience required to navigate hyperspace um, uh, if there's a nutmeg
0: version it probably would be really synergistic <laughs> there's that
4: much in it Yeah, Curiously Cinnamon is, uh, does have the tagline the indescribable taste <laughs> of toasted cinnamon squares <laughs> and then, and then uh, adding insult to injury, you bonkers taste <laughs> anyway so many of us don't have time for a, a, a proper breakfast now with milk and um, and a bowl and all that. But, for, but if, if, if you're hoping to to enjoy a proper, satisfied breakfast on the go. Because it is the most important meal of the day. You may have seen uh, none other than uh, Johnny Vaughan and was it, Lisa Snowden on the telly advertising, um, again from Nabisco, Belvita breakfast biscuits. I understand this is based on a kind of, kind of continental tradition of the breakfast biscuit.
0: Oh, yeah,
4: okay. Uh, whereas instead of a proper, decent, honest bowl of cornflakes or something, they'll have a biscuit and perhaps a, a, a cup of black coffee or, or whatever. We're That's, talking about the filthy French, yeah. I, I, I wasn't, you know, <laughs> I wasn't going to stand for ukip or anything, <laughs> but um, these are apparently based on, on that tradition. And as, as you see, they have. They have they have one of those kind of pan European sounding names, Belvita.
1: So and they have these in a couple of flavours. There's a fruit and fibre. Yes. Yeah, so currently
4: we're enjoying fruit and fibre, and the, the fruit in that is at, like when you look very closely, it actually turns out to be figs.
0: It looks a lot like something you'd get in a health food shop, doesn't it? Doesn't mm-hmm.
4: It? Mm-hmm. it
0: doesn't look like it's designed for pleasure. It's designed for
4: health. Deliberately so. The the idea is it will release carbohydrates so you know, like uh-huh. during the course of that graph on the back. I mean, <laughs> this remaining box here is simply a milk and cereals flavoured biscuit. It doesn't taste as much of milk as a, as a proper moo cow biscuit that actually has a picture of, it, of a cow on it.
1: The fruity one's quite sweet.
0: Mm, it's like a, like a, a fig- and I
1: think I'm getting a bit of a figgy yeah, taste fig, in this. Figgy fig. But yeah, OK, so Belvita breakfast biscuit. It's all right. If you're in a rush, eat it on the train with a cup of tea. Is it going to re- re- replace your m- morning ritual, bro? My morning ritual of not eating breakfast. It probably should do. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. then
4: and then it could release carbohydrates,
1: and then I wouldn't feel so shit at lunchtime. <laughs> in, in,
4: in, into your face, <laughs> brilliant. It's an exciting step towards a future where we can have an entire bowl of cereal in in just a handy pill. That oh, we, yes. That we can. <laughs> no, we can. <laughs> now you've won me over. That we can we can knock down with a, with a glass of tap water and it will turn
1: to milk in, your in our, inside
4: our digestive oh, system. Brilliant.
1: I'm looking forward to that day. Oh, well, Dave! Thanks for cerealing us up a bit. We're uh, we're all full, full of carbohydrates now. That's yeah, right. Well, we we gonna get toast, <laughs> toast and some marmalade. Yeah, get
3: it,
1: get it going, right? I'll Come get a ra- I'll get a round on. Yeah, all right. And a cup of i
0: computers.
1: Layla, what's your favourite iPhone game?
0: Oh, blimey. Uh... Uh, uh, iPhone game that I haven't written. <laughs> <laughs> my one iPhone game. I hate iPhones. Right, we'll talk about this another time. But um, you've
1: got one in your hand right I, now. I
0: have an iPhone, mm. and I don't. I don't enjoy it. But the only game that I have on my iPhone. An apologies to anyone who, whose game I pretended to play in the past is um, is the GeForce game. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you may just, well be listening.
1: You just play along with them and say, "Oh yeah, I loved your game. <laughs> it was really good."
0: <laughs> I have played iPhone games on other people's iPhones. Oh,
1: but um, but on yours you have one have, game and it's have, called what?
0: It's G Uh is that, that, the that thing classic about the, film the hamsters? <laughs> They're guinea pigs. Right. <laughs> Let's start off uh, as we mean to go on. And uh, and you, as you can see I'm I'm playing it now. Wow, um, it's
1: it's a top down It's a top down so, Guinea Pig
0: Spy adventure game. As you can see I'm playing two guinea pigs here, uh Darwin and Blaster. Uh, Blaster, as you know, is the guinea pig who can um, blow up things That's his specialty Oh,
1: well, the the clue's in the name
0: Exactly And
1: Darwin is the one who can evolve
0: (laughs) Well, you'd think, but no He's just just a proponent of the theory of evolution (laughs) Right Um, (laughs) It's
1: good that there's at least one of them doing that
0: (laughs) So I'm going to make Blaster turn the lights off
1: Why can't Darwin control the lights?
0: Because he doesn't have the special skills to do that. Mm. <laughs> as you can see, he's just turning a switch. Um, so Darwin now has the headphones, and he's, this is, I'm literally on level three. I've had this game for like a year and a half, and this is as far as I've ever managed <laughs> to get. It's the
1: only game on your iPhone. <laughs> I
0: know it's really, really bad. It's a kids' game.
1: Cool. and now then we've got you some do dials. A, you need like,
0: the thing is, you actually need headphones for this part because oh it's safe cracking.
1: You have one headphone. I'll have the other headphone. Oh. And I'll put this one on here so out of our left ear okay. we'll hear what you're hearing out of your
0: so I can hear the music now right oh
1: it's very quiet
0: okay oh there we go how's okay. that yeah that's that's nice and loud now will that out of there if I do that no no that's
1: weird okay it's designed for headphones yeah okay sports. well it's quite tinny but we can just about hear what's going on there
0: so as I turn this round there
2: what are we listening for
0: it's slightly different sound yeah. Uh, yeah it's a surprisingly difficult game but there's a there's a there's a view which is uh, the guinea pig's eye view oh lovely uh, see if i can remember how to do it um what what games have you got on your Oh, you haven't got an iphone what games no. have you got on your oh
1: we've gone into his his view oh that's cute
0: isn't that great yeah look at all the there's pixels little guinea pig face Oh, see, wow. it's training. Oh, oh see, you've been killed. killed with a laser gun. Killed on level one within five seconds. Wow, that sounds bad. This is why I don't play games. What What games have you been playing lately that you would recommend or th- disrecommend? Yeah,
1: that must be a thing. Uh, I've been playing Wet, which I would not recommend. Okay. And I've been playing uh, Bioshock 2, which was all right, but was just a bit more the same than, you know, a bit more of the same really.
0: Right. What's What's Wet?
1: Wet is a grindhouse film-inspired kind of you know filmy first-person uh, shooter with slow mo. So a bit, it's it's kind of learnt some stuff from Max Payne. So you can dive into rooms and go into slow motion and then mm-hmm. and then sharp them. So it's yeah. got a lot of that, but quite acrobatic. Um, you're a female lead who's a bit Kill Bill
0: uh, style. Yeah, yeah.
1: So she's going around killing people with her samurai sword or her guns. Mm-hmm. It's quite good. It's just a bit. Samey, really. Mm. I've played, you know, maybe five hours of it and I'm Mm. losing the will to play for a sixth hour. And
0: there's a new Portal game released for the Mac thing.
1: Portal is now out Um, for the Mac and if you download Steam, Steam, it's free unless that offer's already passed.
0: (laughs) Yes, when you listen to this. (laughs) Although it's going to be this week, isn't
1: it? It's worth having a look. But I tried it and uh, Steam crashed my machine. Mm. I couldn't connect to the server to download Portal, so I gave up. Yeah, they didn't pay for that link. That's not a sponsored uh, <laughs> That's not a sponsored recommendation.
0: No, this time there's no sponsor on this episode. But
1: okay. if you'd like to sponsor Shift Run mm-hmm. Stop, do get in touch. We, you know, we don't do it for the money.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe you're a cassette manufacturer who feels like they've fallen on hard times. We could
1: do with some more of them.
0: Yeah, buy a tape of Shift Run Stop. We're still selling tapes. Um, sold quite a few this week, so that was quite a good week. We
1: have. I updated the shop for the first time in a while, hey. and, and there was obviously a group of people who... Had been desperate,
0: right, to the point of complaining
1: <laughs> to us that uh, that they couldn't buy the new I'm tapes. Sorry, so I yeah, it was my fault. Uh, but we're now they're there, and you can buy you can buy the tapes up to this episode.
0: It's all going really well. So thank you all for listening.
1: Yeah, thank you, and tell tell your friends
0: something. Okay, tell your tell friends, friends
1: if you like it and you want them to listen to it as well. I mean, you've probably done that already. Yeah,
0: yeah tell your enemies <laughs>
1: tell your enemies not to listen to it.
0: Uh, No, tell them to listen as well. They're not our enemies.
1: Oh, remember, (laughs) listeners, your enemy's enemy is our friend.
0: That's how it works.
4: That was Shift Run Stop, available on iTunes or from the website shiftrunstop.co.uk.